0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on GoToDobbs.com today. With Mark and I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Very happy to go out to the Brown and croupin Celebrity Line. We got Brad Osmus, former Tigers and Angels manager, three-time gold glove catcher as well joining us here on the show. Brad, thanks so much for the time today, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing very well. So I wanted to ask a former catcher about what it is that Yadier Molina is doing right now, because it, it's amazing to me that he is still able to do it at such a high level, at such an advanced age. Uh, Brad, when you watch this guy, what, what comes to mind for you as you see what he's still able to do on the baseball field? Well, he, there's
1: no question he can still do a lot physically, um, but... For me, the most important thing, and I'm, I'm guessing, uh, for the Cardinals as well is the experience he brings, the calmness he brings behind the plate, uh, the calmness he brings when he goes to the mound and he talks to some of these pitchers in, in big situations because Yadi's, you know, he's basically, uh, done it all. He's, he's been to the World Series. He's been in playoffs. He's been in, he's been through long seasons. Now he's been through a shortened pandemic season. And I just think the experience is by far, uh, the most important thing that he brings to the table.
2: Brad, I just want to follow up on that a little bit. What, as a guy who competed against Yachty, you know, for several years and in, in when you were in the National League, and, you know, I imagine you know his brothers through, through Anaheim. Um, and I just wonder, what, what do you think is unique about Yachty or Molina as a player? As, you know, there's this debate, you know, here and there about whether he's a Hall of Famer. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? And if so, what are the traits that make him stand out from other very good catchers?
1: Well, he he's definitely a Hall of Famer, and I know you're going to have the doubters who say that he doesn't have the offensive numbers that uh, uh, that you that are necessary to be in the Hall of Fame. But I, I mean, keep in mind, first of all, he's a catcher, uh, so he's going to play fewer games. The offensive numbers are, are, are not going to be as stouty, and certainly the wear and tear of squatting behind the plate, uh, 135 games a year, uh, is going to impact the offense as well. Uh, I think the biggest thing he brings to the table, again is the defensive side. The experience goes with it and you can't really measure it. You know, recently they've started to measure pitch framing and he was very good at that, especially uh, early on. Uh, Sometimes that deteriorates with age, but uh, the impact he has in calling a game and directing the game and directing the pitchers and really being uh, the de facto captain. um, They don't win the way they've been winning in St. Louis for the last 15 years without Yadier Molina.
0: We're talking to Brad Ausmus, former MLB manager here on 101 ESPN. Brad, I wanted to ask you about another guy that I think probably is going to be a future Hall of Famer, and that's the new Cardinals third baseman, Nolan Arenado. I don't know how much you've managed against him, but certainly I would imagine you know what his reputation is. Uh, what are the Cardinals acquiring in Nolan Arenado? I As you can probably imagine, this fan base is pretty thrilled about the fact that they've got him in the hot corner now.
1: Yeah, he's a, a superior talent. I, I, you know, he's He's one of the best defensive third basins I've seen, and uh, he's one of the best offensive third basins in the game today. He, he, he plays both sides of the ball. He brings an in intensity. He has a flair that's going to be entertaining for the Cardinal fans, uh, and he just makes them better. Uh, you know, you got two solid rocks on both corners of that infield right now, and uh, uh, the window's wide open for them to go after a championship.
0: It's interesting you say that because for so many years, we've talked in St. Louis about acquiring that big bat. And then when they got one in Paul Goldschmidt, it was about acquiring that second big bat to get it behind him in the order as a manager, uh, especially going up against a lineup like the Cardinals have right now. How how much does that change the way that you're able to pitch to the Cardinals lineup now that they have two guys that are really fearsome in the middle of the order with Goldie and Aronado?
1: Well, you know, it's not like Goldie's going to get better pitches to hit because there hitting behind him. I think that's a little bit of a myth, especially nowadays, the way pitchers attack hitters with a lot of off-speed pitches. Uh, you know, back in back 15, 20 years ago, if you had someone protecting you uh, behind in the lineup, you might see a fastball or two more. That's not going to happen with these two guys. Uh, they're both going to be pitched to, to, unless the bases are loaded and you absolutely can't walk in a winning or tying run they're going to be pitched to get to be gotten out. They're not going to be pitched around in any way.
2: <clears throat> Brad, we were also this is more of a generic kind of baseball question, but we were kind of curious, you know, comparing when you started as a player and how managers, you know, a manager's job was versus your final gig as a manager, as you look at that that long stretch of years, how has a manager's job changed particularly with the way that front offices, you know, produce so much data now and, and, and send it down to the clubhouses, that part of it, and also just in terms of the, the power dynamic, I guess, within teams.
1: The, you know, the, the relationship between the front office and the manager slash coaches um, is a lot more intricate now than it was when I first got to the big leagues in the mid-90s. I think back then it was. You had the front office, you had the on-field staff, the front office Ah, uh, with some input from the manager, put the the team together, and then it was the manager's job to run the team in the dugout, and the clubhouse, and of course on the field. Uh, that is not the case anymore. Now there's a lot of collaboration. There's a ton, a ton of information, and uh, you know, it's, to some degree, obviously the the manager and coaching staff have to decide what information is really pertinent and valuable. Uh, but the, it's it's the translation of the information from data to baseball speak, that is probably the most important part Mm. um, of that chain.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. And do you you think that uh, basically what's happening now is they're just running teams in a smarter way than they ever have? Or do you think something's lost where, you know, a, a guy who'd been around baseball for 40 years, a manager, let's say, could just sort of do it his own way based on, you know, what he sees and what he feels? I think
1: I think in a, a perfect world, it's a little bit of both. Uh, there's no question that as humans, you know, we're, we're going to make mistakes that numbers can tell us to avoid. Mm. But to think that numbers are infallible, I think, is a huge mistake. You know, you can, you can make numbers say a lot of things you want them to, um, but they're, they're not infallible. Uh, I think it just what it does is it keeps us as humans honest. You have to be aware of them. Um, but there are times where, you know, what. sometimes there are times where the, the manager, the coach has a little bit more information than the computer does in terms of, uh, the player's been used, been playing a bunch of, uh, he's tired. He's got a little bit of a nagging injury, um, or he just needs a mental break, that type of stuff. So uh, the numbers are very important, but they're not infallible. And, and of course, humans, we are infallible. All,
0: or we are fallible. Sorry. <laughs> I'm also curious, Brad, kind of branching off of that a little bit. One of the things that's come out under a lot of scrutiny, one of the people that's come under a lot of scrutiny here in St. Louis is the hitting coach. Not that that's unique to St. Louis, but how has that job in your mind changed over the years? Because, I mean, we hear Jim Edmonds on the broadcast here in St. Louis all the time talking about it from a former player's perspective, but then you have the numbers that are thrown into it as well. How much has the hitting coach's job changed, and w- what can those guys do now for players that maybe they could or couldn't have uh, 20 years ago?
1: It's changed a ton. First of all, most teams have at least two hitting coaches. It's become such, it's it's the most intensive coaching position on the staff Uh, you 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 usually have two nowadays some even have three Uh, you're talking about being in the cage all day long with t work with uh, soft toss you have early batting practice you have better uh, regular batting practice Um, but even beyond that you have again a lot more information on the scouting side of it and you have to prepare that for your players you have to know the other pitchers you have to know their tendencies you have to know the data on them and you have to be able to present it to them. There's a ton more video than there was twenty years ago when I first got up. video was just in its infancy at that point. Um, it's a it's a difficult job to do. I will say this though a lot of these younger players now are coming up through high school through college with some of this information already. They've got this 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 video information. they've got this uh, Uh, data that they go to, you know, they're going to training facilities Mm -hmm. that have the technology and they have the data and they are a lot more open to it. When Jim Edmonds and I were playing against each other, there was limited video. There were some limited video, um, but there wasn't all this data. It was more about feel. You'd get in the batting cage and and the hitting coach would tell you what he saw and you'd, you'd tell him how you feel and it'd be a little bit of a back and forth.
0: It's interesting that you say it that way, Brad. I know you're a very busy man. We appreciate your time today. Before we get you out of here, you said earlier you think the Cardinals are maybe in their championship window right now. Given how stacked the National League is, do you think this Cardinals team can actually compete for a championship this year?
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I absolutely do. Um, it is. It's, it's, it's baseball's going to be tough, but it's, it's. I'm still. We're still rolling out of this pandemic thing, and then no fans in the stands early in the season uh, may have an impact on teams' records, at least in the first half
0: interesting brad thanks so much for the time man appreciate you hopping on with us today all the best to you and we'll talk with you again soon all right thanks guys thanks, Absolutely, great. that's Take former care. brad our former tigers and angels manager brad ausmus three-time gold glove catcher as well joining us here on 101 espn